This podcast is a production of WCWP, LIU Public Radio. Check out our lineup of original programs. Listen live or support by visiting WCWP.org. My name is Mark Snyder. It's 9 a.m. Friday morning. Welcome to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders and has been underwritten by MapTunes, Long Island Chamber Maps. My guest with me this morning, joining us via Zoom technology, Dawn Turnbull, president of the Greater Patchogue Chamber of Commerce, established in 1923, I might add. (laughs) And Bob Fonte, who is the co-chair of the Suffolk County Alliance of Chambers, which is a relatively new organization, and you'll hear more about them momentarily. So Dawn and Bob, thank you for joining us this morning on Chamber Chat. Thank you for having us, Mark. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. to be on the show this morning. Great. So what I have assembled for our listeners today, two very different business groups. The Greater Patchogue Chamber of Commerce represents just that, the greater Patchogue business community. And the Suffolk Alliance of Chambers represents all the business communities in Suffolk County. So let's learn a little bit more about them. Bob, I'm gonna start with you. Uh, Tell our listeners about the Suffolk County Alliance of Chambers, how you got started um, and your mission. Well, thank you very much, Mark. And uh, I wanna thank your your listeners as well and uh, WCWP. Of course, uh, having Dawn with us today, uh, this morning is wonderful because uh, the Greater Patchogue Chamber of Commerce is a great partner with the Suffolk County Alliance of Chambers. Uh, Just a little background, uh, about six years ago, uh, Gina Coletti and I came together and we saw the need, uh, the void, I should say, of no uh, organization in Suffolk County of an Alliance of Chambers. Although that was started many with uh, several times uh, by different individuals, we saw an opportunity to bring everyone together again. Uh, Not that it couldn't be done, it was just timing is everything. And sometimes in business, that's just that. So we uh, we launched in October, 2015. Uh, Our first meeting was with the county executive, Steve Ballone. And it was at the uh, Denison building. We we brought in about 80 to 90 uh, participants uh, we uh, incorporated a non-for-profit as as other chambers are, and uh, as actually one of our one of our board members is uh, David Kennedy from uh, from the Greater Patchogue Chamber of Commerce. So we're we're very much uh, very much in tune uh, with uh, Greater uh, uh, Greater Patchogue because they've been a great great partner to us. But we started many years ago, uh, several years ago, because we saw the need. The National Chambers of Commerce was around for goodness about forty five years. And they were doing their national coalition. They are an outstanding chamber organization, and uh, we, um, we we nothing nothing like flattery. Uh, 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 you know what do they say? Uh, the, the Imitation term- is the sincerest form of flattery. Well, we certainly uh, flatter them, and uh, we decided that we asked them. We said, "How do we make it better for uh, Suffolk County? We don't need to reinvent the wheel." And so we we launched in October 2015. We got our sea legs. And we started with about five or 10 chambers. We brought everybody into the room. 
all the chambers. We started about five or 10 and we built it up to 25, 30, and then up to about 45 chambers of commerce and small businesses. We decided to expand it to non-for-profits because non-for-profits is, you know, we always used to say, as long as my business doesn't become a non-for-profit, we're okay. Well, we, we decided to do this and we uh, incorporated non-for-profits, other business alliances to join us. And that's how we got started. We kick-started back in 2015. We're uh, 25, 30 uh, strong uh, chambers, uh, commerce uh, from all the way out east, out in the Hamptons, and all the way as uh, far in Huntington. I'm in Huntington as well. And Gina is in. Gina is my co-chair. She's an absolutely great uh, uh, co-chair for us. And we were able to work well together. We had different perspectives. We decided that, uh, you know, we always used to say that all politics and business is local. Well, guess what? Uh, politics and business is local. Gina and I understood the business. We came from a different side of the political aisle. We decided to toss that aside and say, how do we work together? And that's how we were able to move forward. And we've been able to pass along that to all our chamber members. Very good. Uh, we have had um, the Nassau Council of Chamber uh, president on uh, different presidents at different times, but we've also broadcast live from their annual breakfast, uh, which was a very successful show and a great opportunity for us to uh, meet the merchants and have them on the program. So uh, it was very good. Um, you said you have 25, 30 chambers in the Alliance. How many are there in Suffolk County? Well, depending upon, uh, there's, uh, depending upon, there's a few chambers of commerce that are very loosely affiliated, some business organizations, uh, it could range 75. We've heard some people saying, well, there's 200 chambers of commerce and downtown businesses. Uh, we have, uh, we've invited all the business because of this pandemic. And if I, if I may, just to give you a little background, because of the pandemic, we decided to open it up the Suffolk County Alliance of Chambers when we had weekly meetings to all the businesses and all the residents to join us on our weekly calls that we started sometime in March. And then we went to every two weeks and then once a month. But there's about uh, 75, I would say 75 constituted chambers of commerce in Suffolk County. So you have a little ways to go in terms of um, filling out the roster. Yeah, we, we range. We, um, we pick up more. Uh, we pick up uh, many. Uh, we, we've had, like I said, 45. We, uh, we do get some great sponsors. Uh, mm -hmm. we, we were able to roll out uh, a very important, uh, one of the biggest uh, programs that we rolled out was a small business uh, small business ins uh, insurance plan that was meant for 10, 10 employees or less. So there's some of the things that obviously we could go in a little later on, but I would say about uh, 25, 30. We, we will probably be in 2021 uh, closer to 46, 47. We're getting a lot. We're reallocating re re uh, our fees and trying to make it more attainable for those to join us. And we have uh, we have also had certain businesses on scholarship just to come in the door. Great, and now we think as a goal, uh, as with the Nassau Council of Chambers, the goal is to one day have them all part of the Alliance. Sure. All right, we're gonna come back to you in a second. Dawn, uh, the Greater Patchogue Chamber of Commerce, like I said, was established in 1923. Now, we don't need all the history, but uh, let's talk about your chamber and really the wonderful thriving uh, communities that you represent. Well, we do have a, 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 a phenomenal chamber. We, we, we have um, about 23 board members. Um, everybody 
works diligently to make sure that this village is the best place to visit and to work and to own a business. Um, our, um, I've been part of the chamber, let's see, about eight years now. President, this is my second um, term. And we were off to a good start. We had great plans for 2020 and then, you know, things changed a bit. But um, our businesses here in Patchogue were very, very um, creative and, you know, did lots of great things to work around this pandemic. And uh, we've just been, as, as uh, Bob mentioned before, David Kennedy, who's our executive um, director, has been heavily involved in communicating with all of the businesses and just out there trying to do everything that we can to support them through this time. Well, I've worked with a lot of chambers on Long Island over the years. And I would say that if you have 23 board members, mm -hmm. you have a very large general membership. We do. We have about 500 members. Wow. Yes. And um, like I said, we, we do. We work very, very hard. And all of our board of directors, as I mentioned, are, are, are very well involved. Everybody puts in a lot of effort to, to help our businesses here in Patchogue, as well as the other members. You know, um, we've been really trying to expand our membership and our benefits to our members across Long Island. We've got members from all over the place, not just here in Patchogue. So we were coming up with some really pretty creative ways to, um, you know, better the networking amongst our members, really get them all involved, not just the people here in Patchogue. At 500 members, I would, I'm gonna take a stab here, an educated guess and say, you're probably the largest chamber on Long Island. Garden City has about 400 and change. I know of no chamber that has 500 members. Mm -hmm. So take a bow. There's no place like Patchogue. <laughs> That's right. Hey, Bob, let's come back to you for a second. Um, what are some of the challenges that you face um, when you look at the geographic size of Suffolk County, which is three times the size of Nassau County? Uh, the Nassau Council um, has, I think, 90, 95% of the chambers in their organization. But like you mentioned, they've been around a long time. And it's easier to go from the North Shore to the South Shore and east and west in Nassau County, but I can imagine bringing everybody together from, you know, Babylon out to Shelter Island or Montauk or, you know, Greenport is a, is a takes a little bit of an effort. And Mark, yeah, thank you again. That's a great question. Uh, when Jim and I first started, we saw that challenge because we go as far out as the Hamptons and Hamptons to Huntington and from the South Shore to the North Shore, it becomes, there's a lot of miles in between. So what we had to do is we almost had to have duplicate meetings. We have one on the east side, one on the west, uh, one on uh, east, one on the west. So we decided that Smithtown, uh, Hophog was, even though it was far west, was somewhat equidistant. So we looked at the areas. We'll have, we, was, we would have them actually, Don uh, uh, will tell you that we were able to get, uh, Patchogue was one of our local spots. Uh, they opened up their, uh, their, their village to us, and we were staying at the, at, at the theater, and we would have our meetings there. 
that was a phenomenal place to have a meeting. We had a great attendance. So having everyone come from out in the Hamptons west to Patchogue, or we had, we had a, a line of demarcation would be, I would, I would guess would be um, with Smithtown, uh, Smithtown West, uh, all the way to Huntington and uh, going east side. So it is very difficult for us to, uh, to, uh, to take care of everyone, but we have to tell you something. We also have been taking advantage of the Zoom meetings. And sure. we thought one of, one of the areas was uh, everyone participated uh, from their desk, from their office, from their home. And uh, we, we were able to build up and you know, connect, collaborate, and, and, and communicate very well with, uh, with our members there. So yeah, Nassau Chambers has it very easy. I, I would ask that to Julie, or I would ask that to Fran, and, uh, or, or even uh, uh, other, uh, Rich Pavone was, uh, uh, was the president there many years ago. How did you do it? He says, we only need one location. And everyone comes to us at the Crest Hollow Country Club you used to have. And yes, I do remember uh, we were on the dais when you were going live there uh, at, at the breakfast meeting. They were able to get five, 600 members in one room. So it is a challenge, but we certainly can do this through uh, different mediums. Well, and in a kind of an odd way, this pandemic has uh, made all of us realize that we can get a lot of business done via Zoom and can be just as productive, if not more productive, better attendance. Um, anyway, so in Sunday's Newsday, there was a story called The Rise of the Entrepreneur. And uh, apparently, Long Island business formation has revved up during uh, this pandemic uh, shutdown, slowdown. Uh, new business registrations have steadily risen since 2016, but this is what caught my eye. New business registrations are actually up by 170 from 2019 to 2020. Right. Dawn, uh, does that surprise you? Well, Mark, um, I'm gonna tell you no. Um, well, yes and no. Uh, my first job is a banker. <laughs> so right. I'm, a, I'm a commercial banker and, and um, a lot of these businesses here in Patchog bank with me. Um, I've watched many of these um, business owners here expand in most would think the same line of business. And that's not the case. I, I'm seeing business owners create a whole new industry for themselves. And it's pretty exciting to see from on both sides of the fence, from a chamber perspective and, and a banking perspective, um, where we're so excited to be able to partner with these people and watch them grow. And, and they're really amazing people to, to deal with, uh, honestly, I have to, I have to say. Um, very intelligent. They, they, they have great business plans. And yeah, they're all looking to grow. Even in areas that are, are struggling right now, they're looking to grow. I will say it surprised me when I read that article. Uh, Bob, um, you seeing a similar trend in Suffolk County? Yeah, I, much like uh, Don is uh, being, seeing that in the banking industry, I um, I believe that there's um, uh, it doesn't surprise me in one regard because I'm in the real estate side of it. Don's in the banking side. I started my company back in 1992, and uh, the first year that I, the first year I started, I uh, had I had on my desk this this stone. 
And it says in the, in the midst, it says in the middle of difficulty lies opportunity. And I have to tell you something. That's exactly what you have now. You have yes. opportunity. And this has been on my desk since 1992. And I find that it's uh, there's uh, most of my business turned out to be in the foreclosure side of it. So I saw a different side of it. I saw a, I saw the downside, but where, where every seven years down, there were seven years up. But I, I it's interesting. There were offshoots of this business. There's something uh, you know. Who, there's an old expression: Who knows what is good or bad? You know, who, you never know what's going to come up something. And I always look at that and I say to myself, what could come out of this that's good? And I usually find three things that come out of it. This pandemic, there's been a lot more, a lot more challenges. But what I found is we found something very interesting. I found that the uh, through all the chambers of commerce, we relied very heavily on was our new business partner. It happened to be government. Government became our new business partner because we were all in the same pool at the same time. Business stopped across the board. Government stopped across the board. So we ended up finding out we all had to coexist. We all felt the same pressures. So it doesn't surprise me that article on Sunday, I did read it. It was a good read. And the reality is a concept, especially on Long Island right now. Okay, great guys. Listen, when we return, uh, we're gonna play Genie in a Bottle. And we're gonna find out what three wishes our guests have for their chamber organization. You're listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Okay, just like that, we're back. This is Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders, and it's been underwritten by MapTunes, Long Island Chamber Maps, and by the MapTunes Shoppers Discount app, with over 2,500 discounts island-wide, download the MapTunes app. That's MapTunes, M-A-P-T-O-O-N-S. Or you can visit shoppersdiscountcard.com. My name is Mark Snyder, and my guests with me today are Don Turnbull, president of the Greater Patchogue Chamber of Commerce, and Bob Fonte. He's the co-chair of the Suffolk County Alliance of Chambers. And Dawn and Bob, welcome back to the program. Thank you for having us. All right, let's play genie in a bottle. And this is where we find out what your three wishes are for your business organization. Dawn, I'm going to start with you. Let's say you're at the state-of-the-art Blue Point Brewery tasting room, enjoying one of their delicious beers on tap. In the corner of the tasting room, you spot a lantern, you pick it up, and out pops a genie granting you three wishes for your chamber. What are they? Uh, the first would be the ability to be able to have events again. You know, I, we do a lot of events here in Patchogue, and as you know, we haven't been able to have any. So we uh, do miss that and wish for the ability to be able to do something. Um, would also hope, pray that all of our businesses that we have here, all of our members, survive through this uh, pandemic and come out, you know, hopefully stronger than, than they were even going into it. Because as we mentioned, people have become very, very creative and have found ways to, to make it through. And we hope that the majority, hopefully all, do make it through to the other side. And the third thing, which I never thought that I would wish for, was 
our parking problem that we went into the pandemic having a very severe parking problem and now we have too much parking available so wow. uh, i would wish to have that problem to have to work through again so you have a lot of parking because you don't have enough shoppers enough we don't have enough shoppers visitors or people visiting the restaurants yeah so i would walk out of my office at 5 p.m. to a full parking lot, even during the day, full parking lot. People scrambling to try and find a place. And now you drive out and walk out and there's a, a parking lot half full. Do you know that we're into our third year of this program? And I would say the common thread to that genie in the bottle, three wishes, is that many communities wish for more parking. Mm -hmm. That seems to be the biggest issue. And in a lot of instances, the communities are, they're just victims of their own success. Yes. And Which then what you kind of create your own problem mm -hmm. and then you got to figure out how to, how to solve it. Yes. And that's, that's what we were doing prior to this pandemic. We actually were granted a moratorium um, on restaurants so that we could try and work through our parking problem and come up. Uh, we've tried everything: valet parking, you know, uh, transport services, trolley. You know, we, we we've tried it all, <laughs> all sorts of things. But we we were moving ahead with a good plan, and we had the village actually hired somebody to come in and do a study. And but right now, we that's on the back burner because we don't really need it right now. So I hope that we get to that point again. I hope you do too. We're going to talk <laughs> about that a little later in the show. Um, as a sidebar here, I remember we had the Rockville Center Chamber on and um, they were talking about the parking situation and they thought they had a good resolve for it. They have metered parking, but they decided on um, two days a week, it may have been Tuesday and Thursday or Monday and Wednesday, I can't remember, they were going to waive the parking fees, free parking. And what they found out was that who is taking up all the parking is all, you know, parking on the street and all that, the employees. Yep. And um, it didn't work out like they hoped. They thought they had a good solution, but anyway. All right. We're going to come back to one of the things you mentioned in a second here, but let's move on to Bob. Bob, let me paint a picture for you. Right. You're at a Belmont park picnic with your family. You see a lantern floating in the pond there, <laughs> a lake. You carefully fish it out, right? You open it up and out pops a genie granting the Suffolk Alliance three wishes. What you got? Well, I got to tell you something. I, uh, I'm going to hold uh, hold fast on that uh, genie bottle. I, I, I guess uh, the, um, the three, uh, you know what they used to say, uh, you have your health, you have everything. Well, there's, there's, there's that, of course. Uh, there's a financial health. There's a... Is an economic health, and we, we need to make sure that our businesses stay alive, healthy. You know, uh, they say you need to be emotionally healthy, you need to be physically healthy. Well, we need to be healthy. The brick and mortar uh, stores and the downtowns that's the vibrancy of Long Island. The small businesses they are they are the lifeblood. You're not going to become a big business if you're not a small business, so we have to cater to our small businesses. So I guess the three the three um, 
the three wishes are if we if we learned anything about the last 12 months or the last 10 months during this pandemic it's what we do better and i guess that's uh coexist work well together um i i would hope that we would learn from the past uh one of the things that was one of the big uh, issues that came to mind was uh all the town all the downtown businesses were closed the small businesses yet the large big box stores were able to stay open and they were able to sell everything. And so we, we started uh, working with our elected officials and lobbying our elected officials and all from this from the local side, from the county side, from the state side, from the federal side and say, let us in the door, let the small businesses. So if you're if it's, it's on a per square foot basis, then allow five employ five uh, five uh, uh, customers in there opposed to. 500 or 50 or 100 in the big box store. So I would say, say a level of playing field, level the playing field for the small businesses. The brick and mortar need to survive. That would be number one. Number two, I would really like to see, and this is something that we're going to be doing in Lobby Long Island, which we do it with uh, Vision Long Island and a number of other organizations. We want to make sure that the small businesses are classified as small businesses. Right now, the federal government classifies small businesses as 500 employees or less. 500. The state of New York, 500 employees or less. So here we go. Let's paint that picture. Let's speak to that genie in the bottle and say, to him, what do we do? Well, you know something, genie, here's what I need you to do. I need you to reclassify that down to 25 employees, 50 employees, because you know something? The money doesn't trickle down to us. You know, the trickle down theory? turned out to be almost a trickle on. We were unable to survive the small businesses in the downtowns, they were dying. They were closed, the doors were closed. So what do you, you, you can't get there from here. You have the businesses that are closed, the landlords are not getting their rents, the businesses aren't getting their money. So it became a self-fulfilling prophecy of bankruptcy, a national chain coming through Long Island called going out of business. So I guess reclassifying small businesses to 50 or less, that's gonna be, that's number two. Number three, I would say that uh, we we need to we need to we need to incentivize coming down to our downtowns and and shopping in our downtowns and our small businesses. I'm not just talking about the mom and pops, but are the regional are the regional partnerships, the the employers, the employers, the the business side. We have the largest vibrancy. Uh, let's say on the 110 card, I live in Huntington. Huntington Chambers is phenomenal. They've been around since 1932. But you know something? But one of the things they have, we have the very rich and we have the very poor. Same thing in Suffolk County. We have the very rich and the very poor. So what do we do? We want to make sure that the, the 110 Carter that has over 10 million square feet of retail, of, of office space, keep them busy. So here's the, here's the, here's the third one. Relaxation of zoning. I really need to have, uh, uh, and going forward, not just through the pandemic, let's drive 10 cars ahead together. Let's be in that same car now so we can effectuate what we're doing 10 cars ahead of us. So when the, when this happens again, because real estate in my business happens every seven years, seven years up, seven years down. But this pandemic leveled the playing field across the board. We were all stuck in, 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 uh, in, 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 a, in a floating island that were dissipating. So we, we all had to be there. So those are the three marks that I would say were very important. And I'm hoping that Jeannie shows up again in 2021. Well, listen, we'll have you, have you on again next year. We'll take a look back and what you wish for this year. We'll see how you guys did. Uh, I just have to laugh when I think, you know, you say 500 
or less employees as a small business. If I built a business up to 500 or 499 employees, I'd be pretty happy with my success. And I don't think I'd consider myself a small business. That's for sure. Right. That's a lot of people. Um, Dawn, let's go back to you for a second. You mentioned live at five uh, for our listeners who don't know um, live at five is become fairly commonplace now. A lot of towns have it, but it started in Patchogue. Mm-hmm. You were the originators of it. Can you give us a little history, give our audience a little history of, of how Live at Five got started? Because I know they do it in Farmingdale and they do it in Bayshore and uh, I'm uh, sure there were more towns, but it seems fairly ubiquitous now. Mm-hmm. I remember when a live, live, live After Five first oh, started. Live After Five? Live After Five. Live After Five. Thank you. Yep. yep. You're welcome. I want to say it was probably about 10, 13, maybe 18 years ago or so. I I give or take a year or two. And it started with this little beer truck and and we used to do it every Friday at that point. Was that Blue Point Brewery? Yes, it was a Blue Point Brewery, the little mobile uh, beer truck. And one band would play and maybe a hundred people would show up, 200 people would show up. And year after year after year, it just kept growing and growing and growing uh, to the last Alive After Five year that we had. I want to say we were up to 26,000 people in attendance. Uh, yeah, on each night. And we went from every Friday night um, as the event grew. We obviously had to shut that that down a little bit because it was too, too much chaos. It's a lot to prepare for. A Live After Five is, sure. is a very... Um, it's, it's a Labor huge, intensive. Very huge undertaking. Poor David and John worked very, very hard on on getting everything fully executed. Um, anyway, and then we had to move alive after five from Fridays to Thursdays just because of what would happen after after hours. But it's become our biggest event, and everybody wanted to copy off of us. I think. You know, well, didn't uh, Bob earlier say imitation is the sincerest form of flattery? <laughs> Uh, I want, just want to make sure I give everybody the credit. You mentioned David and John. Yes. Uh, who are they? What was their role? So David Kennedy is the executive director of, of the Hydro right. Chamber. And John is his assistant in the office there. Okay. But John is really responsible for um, managing all the vendors. And that's a big undertaking in and of itself. So okay. trying to keep everybody happy. All right. Thank you. Shifting gears for a second here. Um, as the COVID-19 vaccines in New York State uh, roll out ever so slowly, uh, this week we began scheduling vaccinations for what they call phase 1B groups. That's the next category uh, of those eligible for the vaccine. And that includes people age 75 and up, um, education workers, first responders, EMS workers, public transit workers, public safety workers, um, and that amounts to about 3.2 million additional New Yorkers who are now eligible to be vaccinated. So there's light at the end of the tunnel here, which is exciting. Um, 
Uh, as we continue to roll out the vaccine, I'm going to come back to you, Dawn. Um, I'd like to know, where do you see Patchogue in six months? Uh, Mark, I wish I had, I wish I had that genie in a bottle to, to tell me where we'd be in six months. I'd like, I would like to say that we could, you know, do something maybe in October with a small amount, smaller amount of people. Um, honestly, I, I don't know. I can tell you that we are moving ahead with, you know, getting our dates approved for events that we typically hold. Um, so we have our plan A, which is the normal plan. And then we're working on plan B. And truthfully, Mark, we've been doing that all along. We've been planning for events. And then as we would get closer, realize it's not gonna happen, but we've done a great job doing some virtual uh, um, things and with our digital marketing and just trying to keep everything alive and active. So what I would like to say is I would like to say in six months that we could have our patch on back to what it was. That's what I'm gonna be hopeful for. Wish number four. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah. but. You know, I, I hope, uh, you know, hopefully we can all get vaccinated by six months. <laughs> right, right. Um, Bob, let's take it a step further. How about next year at this time? What do you, what is your crystal ball well, showing I, you? I, I say, I, I, I believe that next year at this time, um, I think we'll be, uh, we're going to have some growing pains uh, in some areas. Uh, I think the, uh, the, the way we make money is going to be different. Uh, we will be adapting, but uh, like Dawn said, having more events is going to be important. But I think it's going to also be, because we're Suffolk County, and I have to say, not Nassau County, but Suffolk County, we have a lot more open space. And we're going to take advantage of it. So we were looking at, uh, we were looking, we were looking at, um, we were looking at the, um, uh, having uh, uh, utilizing the parks, the beaches, and the other locations for uh, for large events, and I think that what, what we're going to see is as long as the small businesses are here, and there's not just money flowing uh, down uh, from the government, but we need the consumerism from the upside. So I think next year we're going to see uh, uh, we're going to see a lot more new businesses coming in. Unfortunately, a lot of the ones that couldn't that couldn't hold on uh, this this past year. How do you how do you uh, have 25% occupancy in 100% of your bills? It just doesn't work. The math doesn't add up, and that's really what we're finding. So you know we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna hopefully see that uh, you know government government doesn't have the money either. So where do we get it? Where do we get it from? We get it from creative parts. Seven years ago, we've created something called the small business uh, small business dis, uh, deferred tax. It's a small business savings account for an IRA for businesses. We had that promulgated seven years ago, and we could not get that through the state Senate. Uh, we got it through the state Senate. We couldn't get it through the state assembly for whatever reason. Three times the state Senate passed it. We couldn't get it through the state assembly. Well, this next year, this time, I know I've been promised, and I'm going to hold them to that promise, that we're going to have that small business savings account uh, available. We also have that in the federal side, we have a small business uh, save act. 
It's called, it's the same thing, but on the federal side. They passed the Congressional Budget Office when Steve Israel and Tim Bishop were Congress, members of Congress. So going back six, seven years ago. So those are the two important things that I think we're going to see, at least having some relief from that side of it. I, you know, I, I would hope that, you know, we, we're, we're fortunate to have chambers like, uh, chambers uh, like Patchogue and a number of other ones come together for our task force meetings. So we're going to listen, we're going to evaluate, and we're going to respond just like we did with the uh, curbside pickup that we created on, on the My Chamber on the My Chamber app. We did a uh, My Local Pickup, which will save people 30% on the, on the pickup uh, of food. So you, it's not what you make in business, it's what you spend. So if you can spend 30% less, guess what? That's a 30% more. Mm-hmm. Very good. All right, we're going to take a short break. Uh, but when we come back, we're going to uh, play Ask a Leader. And that's where I'll stop asking the questions, and I'm going to let each of our guests uh, grab the mic. This is Mark Snyder. You're listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Okay, as promised, just like that, we're back. This is Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. My name is Mark Snyder, and Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders. It has been underwritten by Maptoon's Long Island Chamber Maps. Let me reintroduce my guests who have joined me today, Dawn Turnbull. She's the president of the Greater Patchogue Chamber of Commerce and Bob Fonte, who co-chairs the Suffolk County Alliance of Chambers. Before we get to ask a leader, I just wanna go back to what we were talking about before the break and uh, share something positive uh, regarding the pandemic, we were talking about where do you see, you know, Patchogue in six months? Where do you see Suffolk County in a year? Uh, my wife was reading an article online, and it was a story about this big fair taking place in New York City in, in 1920 and the massive turnout. And all of a sudden it hit her that just a year and a half earlier was the great pa- uh, pandemic of 1918, the Spanish flu. And uh, there wasn't a vaccine back then, but yet here, here it was about two years later, the summer of 1920, and everything had gotten back to normal with this big street fair going on in Manhattan and thousands of people. And she looked at me and she says, you know, after reading that article, it gave me just a cause for optimism. So for our listeners out there, better days are ahead for our businesses. Better days are definitely around the corner. All right, let's uh, play Ask a Leader. And what happens here is I turn the microphone over to our guests. I let them speak to each other and ask questions. And uh, um, Bob, I'll start with you. All right. As you know, Dawn runs a very successful Suffolk County business community. Uh, Do you have any questions for her? Yes, uh, Dawn, I actually do. I've been marveled by Patchog over the years, even before we started the Suffolk County Alliance of Chambers. So, you know, do take a bow because you guys have, uh, you know, we always start Huntington. And being that I'm, I live in Huntington, hey, we live there, we have 98 square miles in Huntington. We have uh, four incorporated villages, but uh, you guys are in the heart of a village. So that's my question to you. How do you work with the municipal governments? You have three or four different municipalities. You have your village, 
you have your town, you have your state, you have your federal government, right? You have, how do you all work that together? Because you guys do a great job. I've always been marveled by the live after, live at, live at five and, and the events that you're doing and, and so on. So how, what, what is your secret of success for that? I'm curious. Well, part of it has to, a lot of it honestly has to do with David Kennedy and his communication with all, all elected officials. Um, I myself have a very good relationship with the village uh, um, and Maya Panieri. Uh, Rob Calarco, we have a great relationship with Rob Calarco and Steve Ballone. They're all very, very supportive of what we do here in Pachog. And they, Dawn, um, they are all local. Uh, they're elected officials, the people you just mentioned, for correct. the listeners who don't know who they are. Yes, Suffolk, uh, Steve Ballone is the Suffolk County um, executive. And Rob Calarco is a Suffolk County legislator. The town of Brookhaven, Ed Romaine, and all, all of so supportive of what we do here. And it's really just a, a great line of communication. Like I said, David has a, a great relationship with all. I, I, have, I have as well. Um, but he's the day-to-day uh, because we have such a large chamber. We, we, I think we're one of the only ones that has an executive director like David. Um, but yeah, yeah, he Nick has. still has one, by the way. Oh, they do. Nick still has an executive director, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's really it. It's uh, great communication. They love what we do here. We have great minds here. Everybody, like I said, is very, very creative. And from our business owners to our directors, and they're all on the same page. They want to see Patra grow, uh, you know. We're we're here to support all 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 businesses, new, old. You know, uh, Dawn, if I, uh, Mark, if you don't mind, I'd like to just comment on that because you did spark a couple other thoughts of that question. Sure. You're very fortunate because you you have the largest township mm-hmm. in the state of New York is Brookhaven, mm-hmm. and I looked at your your elected officials. You have your elected officials that have held county offices, state offices, school boards, water boards. I am so impressed with the councilmatic districts that everybody comes together, largest township in the state. And you also have Rob Calarco, that's not only your local legend, but your presiding officer. So you have a lot of great people there. Mayor Pontieri, I listen, in all deference to all other mayors, Mayor, uh, Mayor Pontieri to me is America's mayor. I have to tell you, when he decided many years ago to 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 go against the establishment and 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 really remind Senator Schumer uh, of the commitments for the for the sewer uh, sewer uh, funds, I have to tell you, I was always impressed. And he said, "This is what we need. Uh, uh, this is what we need for the U.S. Senator." And you know something? They got together, and Paul was able to deliver that. So very fortunate. I always marveled at the fact you have great leadership. In your town, in your county, in your town, in, in your village, and in your in your uh, in your local uh, hamlets there. So, if if I could just say one thing, um, I've worked in Patchogue for 19 years. For three short years, I had moved to Stable, and I was working in Stable. And I don't live in Patchogue, but my father always lived in Patchogue, and his business was in Patchogue. So I feel a you know connection to it. It is a very unique community. And they are 
every single person in this community is hardworking, dedicated, and continuously fought to never give up on this community. And the mayor, he just fulfilled it all with his change, the changes that he made when he stepped into that position and what he's done to turn Patchogue back around is it's having lived through it. It was an amazing, amazing experience. And he still continues to do it. Wow. Great. Thank you. That's great. Um, by the way, just to double back here, uh, is Brookhaven the largest township in New York state? Is that is that is that accurate? I I have to tell you that's what I, I had read years ago, yeah. uh, and of course I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll look that up for you, Mark. But I believe it is. It's it, it's uh, when I was talking with John Laval many years ago, uh, John uh, had mentioned that when he was supervisor, we're the largest uh, township in the state of New York. I said, wow, maybe maybe yeah, I guess it would is be. that is that geographically? Is it in terms of population? Do you know? I, I think it may be geographically. I don't know if it's population wise because. I think town of Hempstead is the largest. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think it's geographically, it's it's a uh, square mile is probably the largest. So it, it has a lot of uh, caveats there. Okay. Um, so Dawn, we come back to you. Do you have any question for Bob? Actually, I, I do. Um, it has to do with one of my wishes and that's the parking problem. So I think Huntington is a good, um, partner of ours in, in a parking problem. And I think that you had tried valet parking after we had tried. And I was just wondering if you could share any successes or continued challenges that you still have. Yeah, well, that's a, thank you, Dawn. That's a really uh, good question. As Mark said earlier in the show, uh, that uh, that was one of the largest issues was parking is a problem. You know, we used to say, well, if there's no parking, there really is no problem, right? So you have a lot of money flowing there. Uh, but one of the things that we did see was, uh, I've been working on the parking issue for the last, I would say 18 years in the town of Huntington, working very closely with Supervisor Frank Detrone and, uh, and the town board. We've gone through a number of myriad of issues and working with the downtown chamber, we had the, the Huntington uh, Township Chamber of Commerce and it became the Huntington Chamber of Commerce. There were seven other chambers of commerce. So here's the issue that we came upon. We found out that, that with the shared parking spots and the allocations of that, you would have a parking that a parking spot may be counted seven times for the purpose of zoning. So how is that used? And that was one of the things that we looked at. And we said, well, how often are they there? So then there we had something called the Paramount coming. The Paramount put in set over $8 million in, uh, in a downtown. They were, we call them the multiplier. The multiplier, they decided to put eight, seven, eight plus million dollars into a place that they were renting, not even buy, not even own. And they they had 938 or nine, let's say 950 parking, uh, 950 seat theater. And they wanted to go up to 1100 to 1200. And we said, how do we work out the parking? Well, we found out that shared parking was a big part of it because not everybody stays in the town. You might go to a show, then go to dinner. You might just go for coffee or for shopping. And what we found out that the valley parking, we did something, we worked with our state senator and that was Carl Marcellino, because we, we have major, we have state roads, we have town roads and we have county roads all intersecting in our villages. 
and we wanted to find out how to work well together. So we put together uh, uh, we put together a, a, a consortium of elected officials for that. So we were uh, the answer to your question was we did do the uh, valet parking. We actually started it uh, many years ago. We did that. Um, uh, we did parking at the train stations where we did the fall festival. At one time, we had over. 200,000 people, they said, would come into the fall, Long Island's Fall Festival. Uh, again, those are numbers that were given to me. But uh, they, where did people park? Well, we found out that you know, they were parking at the train station. We had shuttle buses going to and fro. But you know something? That's not a bad problem to have, as you said. So where do we go from here? I said, well, we're, we're looking at right now, working with the county executive and the state and the, and the town on, uh, on a, on a, on a, on a, uh, a parking, uh, a parking spot. Uh, like a loading unloading zone for pickup. So, you know, curbside pickup. Well, you know something, the problem is we have in the town of Huntington, unless you were across the street or uh, contiguous to a parking lot, you couldn't have out, you couldn't have use of that parking lot. So what we said was, well, let's create a loading unloading zone or a, a curbside pickup. So this way, everyone, so we, we went to a couple of business said, would you, what would you uh, contribute to that? Well, Bob, I'll tell you what, you know that meter outside? That meter outside collects $4.80, $5.50 or $6 a day. Let's just say it's $10 for that meter. We'll pay for two meters. So we started going around to the different businesses just in Huntington alone. We said, wait a second, maybe we have something here. So there's no loss of revenue. It's only a positive side. So how do we make sure that the, the employees don't park there? Well, we decided uh, just like the casinos do, just like every other big uh, big tenant uses, they, they, they put them in a remote remote spot. So we created an area, uh, town hall, and uh, especially for the parking for the Paramount, they were able to lease out other parking spots, other parking lots. So that was one of the answers to it. Also, uh, I would believe that the, the, um, the, uh, the my local pickup uh, loading unloading zone or a pickup parking spot would help a great deal. But remember, you're in and you're out. Right now, there are towns are doing that because they're allowing the small businesses to take over the parking spots in front of their stores. So I guess it's something that we could discuss in the future, Mark, and maybe that's something we could we could uh, you know, tease out a little bit. But that's a great question, Don. I, it's something that we all look at, and all our chamber members are are questioning. What do we What do we do from here? So I think uh, I think we make lemonade, and I guess we'll go through this year uh, with a positive outlook on what we're doing. But we're we're going to collaborate and communicate together, and that's what we're hoping on for our elected officials and our small businesses and chambers like yours. Okay, great, thank you. Um, we have a couple of minutes here, and I just want to uh, pose this question to uh, each of you, uh, Dawn. Um, Look, being a president of any chamber can be a very thankless job. Um, but what is it that gives you the greatest pleasure as uh, being president? Well, I think it expands my on my my banking role. Honestly, uh, a lot of the members are my clients, and I love helping them on the banking side, and then on supporting them on the business side. Uh, and again, back to my point about this community, I have seen, like I said, these people are amazing people that, that are in this village. And I love to be a part of that. I, I wanna see this 
you know, community thrive and do well and, and all the business owners do well. And I just love to be a part of supporting them. It's great. It's a win. It's a win-win. David is pretty good. <laughs> it's a yeah. win-win. And I, I want to mention here that David Kennedy's name has come up so many times today that we must have him on our program. <laughs> yes. He is a very important part of our chamber. Yeah. We'll have, we'll, I'll make sure we get him on. Hey, Bob, what about you? Um, along with uh, Gina Coletti, you run a very large business org- organization. Uh, what is it that brings you greatest pleasure? I, I guess, um, you know, when we first started this, it was four meetings a year. It wasn't too uh, broad. Four meetings a year, maybe a fifth. We went from four meetings a year to 54 meetings a year this past year in 2020. Went to 160 Zoom meetings. That was uh, stuff that we went to seven different task force that we were on. Now, Gina, Gina and I are, are pretty much the divide and conquer. She's uh, on a number of meetings, uh, committees, and so am I. And not, we're not just, we're talking about the business side. So uh, I would say one of the biggest things is finding solutions to everyday challenges. And you know something? It's, it's a process, not a light switch. So we found out that if we work the process, and we can't just turn on the light switch to have the solution. So what we do is we go back to our chamber members. You really want to know how things get work, uh, how things get fixed? You listen. You go on a listening tour of your members. You go on a listening tour of your your, your association, your small businesses. You really want to know how the, the sausage is made? Well, ask a small business leader. Ask someone that's turning the key at 6 o'clock in the morning and, ter- and closing it off at 10 o'clock at night, doing that seven days a week, knowing that there's no money coming in from the outside. So I guess the answer to your question, Mark, is what makes it satisfying? Finding solutions and helping these small businesses and chamber organizations. Because you and I, we don't have an executive director. We have no salary. Everything that we have goes right back in. And you know, we've been taking advantage of finding access to capital and money. So I guess finding solutions to the for the businesses are one of the big things that you and, you and I are very, very uh, grateful for. All right, Dawn Turnbull, president of the Greater Patchogue Chamber of Commerce, Bob Fonte, co-chair of the Suffolk County Alliance of Chambers. Thank you. You've been listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Chamber Chatter has been underwritten by MapTunes, Long Island Chamber Maps. As a reminder, Chamber Chatter is also available as a podcast. You can visit WCWP.org forward slash Chamber Chatter and also on YouTube. Search WCWP Studio. Next month, my guests will include a representative from the Huntington Township as well as the Bayshore Chamber of Commerce. Special thanks to my good friend, Dan Cox. He's the station manager and engineer throughout this COVID-19 pandemic. Again, my name is Mark Snyder. Up next, it's Project Independence and you. Enjoy the weekend. Like what you hear? Here's how you can let us know. Give us a call at 516-299-2626 or email us at info at wcwp.org. Like us at facebook.com slash mywcwp and leave a comment or tweet us at mywcwp. We welcome all kinds of feedback. To directly support the podcast you just enjoyed, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to give back, visit WCWP.org and click the support tab. Thanks for listening from your friends at WCWP.